It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back. I'm Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool, and we are Locked On Cowboys. We want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Landon, it's trade deadline in the NFL. Uh, are you on the block right now? Uh, I've talked to my agent. Look, I'm looking to get out of town and uh, any kind <laughs> oh, of conversation. This, you want to be traded though? what, locked on Broncos? <sighs> well, you know, listen, <laughs> Cody's a great guy, and uh, and I'm just trying to build a championship team over there. And uh, look, I just don't know that the chemistry is working between us. Uh, there's just a lot of bad mojo in the locker room right now. Uh, so, to use uh, a Mike Tomlin quote, we want volunteers, not hostages on this show. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So of course, of course you would bring a Mike Tomlin quote to this podcast. That's the most Marcus Mosier thing I think I've ever heard. Well, it's, it's fair. Uh, all right. So <laughs> we are not going to talk about the trade deadline today, Landon, because we've got a feeling the Cowboys probably aren't going to do anything. Instead, we're going to talk about some of the uh, notes that we have from watching the all 22 and I have a lot of them. I'd actually like to start with Cooper Rush, Landon. Uh, I thought in the first half of this game, he was nervous. He was a little shaky. Uh, it was pretty clear like he got back to his drops and just didn't move. Like he didn't step up into the pocket at all. But in the second half, things started to slow down for him. And I thought he played pretty well, especially in the final, I don't know, three or four drives. I thought he was fantastic. What did you see from Cooper Rush after watching the tape? You know, I feel like the Cowboys offensive coaching staff uh, was really well in tuned with how Cooper Rush was feeling. Because if you watch the game and the progression of how the protections were going from very, I mean, and it wasn't just Cooper Rush. They clearly were trying to give a lot of help to, uh, to Terrence Steele as well mm-hmm. early on. And, and when they were throwing the ball, uh, they were using a lot of six man plus protections um, and, and, and when they weren't using six man plus protections, uh, Cooper rush was getting the ball out immediately. Uh, yes. and, and then as the game went on, I think, you know, really the kind of turning point was when they started getting into their two minute, uh, uh, offense near the, near the end of the half, you started to see a little bit more five man protection, a little bit more spread out. They're mm-hmm. letting Cooper kind of, you know, deal a little bit more. Uh, but I think that all of that is kind of an ind- indication of what you're talking about, right? Like they really, uh, held his hand early on and gave him some safe environment, ran the football a lot in some heavy formations. Uh, but they, they did a lot early on to kind of make him feel comfortable, get into the game uh, and, and get kind of rolling a little bit. Uh, and then as the game progressed and, and they felt a little bit more comfortable with what was, and, and honestly, I think, look, you could break down a lot of the offensive game tape uh, for the Cowboys based on before and after Danielle, uh, Danielle Hunter got hurt mm-hmm. because there was a ton of focus on him early. You know, they were doubling him. They were trapping him inside and then bootlegging Cooper Rush on the out, uh, outside of him. Uh, they were just doing a lot of stuff to help him and Steele 
uh, you know, navigate the pocket and, and, and avoid the pass rush. And, and I think it really helped Cooper develop uh, a confidence uh, and, and, and kind of, you know, let him get into the rhythm of the game, which obviously paid dividends later as the game went on. Yeah, I just thought he was more comfortable. I thought he played well. Uh, a couple more things on the offense, Landon. This seven O line package, yeah, it, it's not a gimmick. Like it's really not. Like they had a lot of success running this. I think they had. I'm pretty sure they ran it four times, and they had a successful play on every single time they ran it. Uh what's most noticeable noticeable is they had a play where it was like a seventeen yard gain to CD Lamb, where they used like play action. Um, Listen, I think this is something that could be, I don't want to say a staple going forward, but, you know, eight snaps a game is not all that unrealistic, right? No, I mean, the thing, the thing is, is when you have two really good wide receivers, especially against a defense that, uh, you know, that you feel confident your wide receivers, both of them can win one-on-ones on the outside, uh, you can throw from this formation because it gives you great protection, seven-man protection. A seven-man protection with seven offensive linemen is pretty rare. Uh, and, 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 you know, obviously doesn't leave a lot of guys out and route, but again, if you've got guys who can win consistently, that's all you need. All you need is one guy to get open and, and you can get it to them. So, uh, yeah, I think this, the thing about, you know, packages and, and, and how well they're able to be deployed is can you run a couple different, you know, plays from them? Can you create a constraint on the plays that you run from that package so that it is kind of a self-contained system? And, when you're able to run play action passes out of that kind of formation, I mean, how can you how can you see as a defensive coordinator, how can you see seven offensive linemen trot onto the onto the field and and think, oh, I gotta prepare for the pass? Like that's right. Just, you can't. That, so you I can't, mean, so. what's what's the best personnel grouping to stop it? Is it do you have to play like a four-four? Do you play five defensive linemen? What do you do? I mean, I think you look. I, I think if you're smart and you're just playing the numbers, I think you've got to play the run here. I, I think you have to line up in heavy packages against this. But the problem is, obviously, if you don't have the corners to keep up with these wide receivers, then you're in trouble. And and I don't know really know that there's a a good solution here. I think if, if you know the, the 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 solve here is to try to play the run and then hope that your defensive you know that a receiver falls down or your defensive corners hold up against these guys. So. Uh, I, I would probably play it with you know some heavy personnel because otherwise the Cowboys offensive line and their two beef boy fullbacks are going to eat you guys alive. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just know that, I mean, teams have to know now yep. uh, that, that they can throw from this. I'm Connor McGovern is going to catch a pass. It's, it is going to happen before the end of the year. I feel certain about it. He's going oh, he to I would say he's more he's likely to carry. catch a touchdown, right? Like it's, I, I just feel like it's going to happen. Right. Just like a full load, like like wide zone, right? And then he just leaks out of the backside of the. Do you think he gets a carry left. at any point this season? I I I wonder if a carry might be more uh, you more know, difficult. Might be safe. You think it's more difficult? I think it might be. I safer. kind of think it's more difficult because then you have to deal with the handoff and actually trying to get a yard. Like yeah. it's almost easier just to sneak him out in the flat and throw and, him and, and ha- hope he's wide open and just yeah. like, Oh, please don't drop it. You yeah. Know? I like, think that's almost like, easier. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Terrence Steele because I thought he was pretty good yep. in this game as well. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about get upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every single gallon of gas. Every single time they fill up, just download the free get upside app in the app store or Google play right now. 
and use promo code touchdown and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon. That is 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get upside. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, let's talk about Terrence Steele. The Cowboys decided to go with Steele over Lyle Collins in this game. Lyle Collins did play. He played four snaps, I believe. Um it does seem like Steele's getting better every week. I saw Pro Football Focus's stats on him over the last three weeks. Just four total pressures. What did you see from Steele in this game? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think we have to put the context in here, too, because uh, they're still giving Steele a lot of help. You know, they're still doing a lot of things to kind of uh, to give him assistance uh, especially against guys like Daniel, uh, Daniel Hunter, and, and and I want to keep saying Danielle, Daniel Hunter, and 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 you know some of the better pass rushers in the league. Uh, you know, look, he's continued to get better and he's continuing to improve, and and that's something that is exciting, especially considering his uh, physical tools. Um, but I, I I think that there still is it's still not like it's not like Lael Collins is playing out there, and and, and that's not necessarily a. a a uh, slight against his talent. I think it's more just an indication of, you know, what they're willing to run with Terrence Steele out there versus an elite pass rush versus what they're willing to run with, with Lyle Collins. So uh, I, I think he's been good. Um, I, I am interested to see if this continues like this, um, because I do think that you can do more with Lyle Collins at right tackle than you can do with, with Terrence Steele at right tackle right now. And again, that's not a slight. I think that's, that's just, you know, speaking as to what Lael Collins can do. Well, so we, we we should probably turn this into a Tyron discussion. So Jerry Jones said on 105.3 The Fan earlier today that Tyron is dealing with a bone spur in his ankle, okay? Um, I think it is something that he could probably play through if needed, but it's not something that's just going to magically get better by the end of the year. So if you're thinking about this as a long-term thing um, – do you think the Cowboys would be better off just to tell Tyron, hey, get the surgery now, be ready for December, and then, you know, we'll move Lyle Collins over to left tackle? Is that something you're interested in at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I could be talked into that for sure because I think you're you're not wrong that Terrence Steele has played well enough to uh, – not that I feel like I have to put him on the bench, right? And, you know, might as well take advantage of some of this stuff while you have it. If, if you feel like Tyron – look, you're – I mean, we all we've seen the schedule. We see we've seen what these next few games are like. If you can get Tyron right for the later in the season by giving him a little bit of time off right now, and and, and or you know having him go in and get surgery and, and hopefully recover in time, um, that might be something that is worth considering. And especially if you can get Lael to a spot where he's comfortable playing left again. And I don't think that would be very hard because he's he's a left-handed player. Well, he, he actually talked the- about it. Did you hear him talk about it? He said moving to the right side 
was hard for him because he's never done it before. Moving to left yeah. guard in practice last week, he said felt really natural to him. It, it felt like riding a bike. So I'm assuming going out to left tackle wouldn't be all that hard for him. That's where he played in college, you know? So, so yeah, I I think he clearly has some comfort there. So I, I, I don't think that's the worst idea. I mean, I think that makes more sense to me than trying to move him back to guard as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I think if, if you've got Tyron in a situation where, why not, why not? You've got an elective situation. You'd like the way that these guys are playing. uh, Yeah. I mean, I think playing it safe to try to get your team healthy and ready for December uh, I like that sort of, you know, uh, uh, exercise in, in trying to help your team more than doing stuff like trying to sit your starters at the end of the year or that sort of thing. Because I just feel like if you do that now, while the schedule is the way it is, while you still have some time, it gets yep. you, it gets time and back time to get back to the the field and get things ready and, and actually get things rolling for yes. you know December and not just like you know oh his first game starting back is the first playoff game that's yeah. just not a great idea the other thing that it allows you to do is Ty Naseki goes back to his swing tackle role which I think he's better at like what we saw from him on Sunday is exactly the role that he needs to play like you don't have to give him a lot of snaps and he can come in there and not get you killed I think if he's having to play an extended amount of snaps over the course of a month is when he can really get exposed. So putting him back at swing tackle, Lyle at left tackle, you still have Connor McGovern as your swing interior guy and giving Tyron just a month, let's say it's a month, a full month off in the middle of the season. I do do think would be beneficial to everybody. I think this is a move the Cowboys should. And I do think it's one they're going to make. Um, all right, let's talk about the defense because the defense has a lot of interesting things in it. Should we start with Randy Gregory? Because each and every week we say Randy Gregory is the star of the team. Uh, he played maybe the best game of his, his career. I thought he was phenomenal again in this game. I mean, just he was the best player on the field. The effort was incredible. Some of the moves that he put on Derrissaw were just <laughs> silly. I don't know more about what we can say about Randy Gregory. He's finally reached the potential that we were all hoping to see forever. Yeah, I, I shout out to the refs for uh, for making him angry. He, we <laughs> did, you know, and he warned you guys you weren't gonna like him when he was yeah. angry. Uh, I mean, that's the real Hulk right there. <laughs> I mean, you can call that Hulk formation all you want, but R- Randy Gregory with the uh, with some anger is uh, that's that's pretty terrifying. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that he played outstanding. He was on fire uh, and just kind of constantly disruptive. You know whether they were whether he was coming around the end and, and trying to beat Darisaw with speed, or they were looping him inside. They played had him playing defensive tackle and doing some stuff. Um, I just really love. I mean, just kind of speaking generally about the defense, I just really love how much they are mixing up the formations and the alignments uh, along the line. Just the way that they are uh, creating mismatches, they are getting interesting formations. They're making the 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 offense. Think about what they're doing, uh, not just kind of lining up and hoping that they can beat you. Uh, you know, they've got, you know, now that they've got Armstrong coming back, they're mm-hmm. lining up Randy Gregory by himself alone and then overloading the other side with with Armstrong, Basham, and then Osa. They're they're mixing and matching groups. They're they're uh, playing five man fronts with the uh, with uh, mugging linebackers. You know, just the, the complete mixture and, and mix and match of it. it. And what it allows is it allows guys like Randy Gregory 
to get to get key one on one block blocks and and, and to to kind he's of incredible. free him up and 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 he's going to win that stuff all the time and that's what we're seeing is that you know he's just really extremely difficult to beat uh, when you're in a one on one situation with him and the Cowboys defense has done a really great job of deploying formation in order to kind of isolate Randy and give him a chance to to get those one-on-one situations. I don't know why it feels this way, but for whatever reason, it feels like we're never going to see healthy Randy Gregory and healthy Demarcus Lawrence play at the same time ever again. And I it's mean, really yeah, unfortunate I, because they, they really are the best combo together. Like they just fit each other so well. It's nuts that we are 6-1 and one right now, and it's been almost a year since we've had – our uh, uh, our entire starting offensive line and 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 almost as long since we've had you know more than one game. In fact, I don't know that we've had more than one game of Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence uh, in a in a long time. So well, it's week it's, one, right? They had him in week yeah, one. Yeah, week one was only that was one. It. And then, yeah, that was it. So I, I, it's crazy that this team has gotten as far as it has without you know having more than a couple of games of their starting offensive and defensive lines intact. I mean, that's that just shows you the kind of depth that this team has. Uh, it is incredible. The hope is that the Cowboys will have both those guys back. It sounds like Demarcus Lawrence is doing really well. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy said he's probably not going to practice this week, but there's a chance that he practices next week. And if that happens, I, I'm not saying that he's going to play in week 10 or 11, but it does give you the idea that he could be back by December, right? early December. Yeah. And yeah. if if that's the case, that could be a huge, huge boost to the Cowboys defense because, I mean, he's a top 10 at worst edge rusher in the league. He's a fantastic run defender. Cowboys defense is already really good at stopping the run. I can't imagine how good they'll be when they get him back. Uh, all right, let's take one more quick break. And then I want to talk about a secret superstar from week eight, Landon. I, I wonder if you're going to be talking about the same guy that I am. I bet I bet I know who it is. Go ahead. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll tell you in a second. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to tell you guys about Beachbound. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness. Or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or, you know, just eating whatever food's available to me. I, I just like to hang out and relax. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as I can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, the secret superstar from week eight on the Cowboys defense is? Big number 99, Justin Hamilton. It is. It is. I thought he was incredible. Uh, incredible. Now, he doesn't give you a ton of pass rush stuff. He did have one play where he just kind of 
walk the guard back into yeah. Kirk Cousins' feet. But some of the run fits, some of the plays that yeah. he made disrupting uh, the entire rushing attack were really good. I, I think the Cowboys found a player in Justin Hamilton. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I, I had talked about it a lot in training camp uh, in that you had seen it there, and they had plans for him. They, they you know, for, if he was a guy that they were – uh, I was surprised that he didn't make the, the roster when he when the roster cuts came down. I, I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been because you know it's it's kind of a lot of it has to do with how you're viewed by the league and whether you're going to get poached, that sort of thing. But I thought that just based on what you saw in training camp, they had plans for Justin Hamilton and they used him a lot, and and he was and he was able to kind of do this kind of thing uh, at different points in training camp. And you know, I think for the Cowboys, it's just what a blessing to have a guy that suddenly showed up as a nose tackle, because <clears throat> this is a team that, you know, struggled to have defensive tackle depth, even with all their health, even with, with everybody that's on the roster available to them. And then you lose suddenly the guy that was supposed to be your starting three technique. <clears throat> and, and you're left with a rookie six rounder, uh, a guy who's a third round pick that you're not exactly rookie that you, that you're not sure what you're going to get of. And then a free agent from last year named Justin Hamilton, who played pretty good at times enough to kind of get invited back, but isn't exactly someone that you're expecting to make the team. Suddenly you've got you, Gallimore's hurt and, and you've got these guys playing out of their mind. Osa Odigizu, I mean, Odigizu is no, no surprise. We've talked about him for weeks, but, but Justin Hamilton is a guy who quietly for a couple weeks now, has been when he gets on the field has been producing and making plays and he played more snaps last week than he had in, in previous I'm pretty certain uh, and it showed because he was able to show out even more I I just think that he as a down roster defensive tackle um, and and the Cowboys are gonna have a tough decision to make because this was his last game to be called up from the practice squad so they're gonna need to either bring him up on the roster, which is gonna be that's gonna be a difficult thing to do when you consider that they've got all these other guys coming back from injured reserve, including Neville Gallimore's at the spot that he plays, and mm-hmm. maybe Gallup and a couple more. So I, I think the Cowboys uh, have a have you know champagne problems, am I right? Suddenly you've got too many defensive tackles and you know what to do with. But I think what you saw from Justin Hamilton was a guy who uh, was just a game wrecker. He was able to get in the backfield. He was able to uh, hold up on double teams. Uh, but I mean, but really, I mean, you saw different times where he was trucking his man into the running back and tackling into the running back with the guy that he was blocking and, you know, just kind of uh, just playing extremely disruptive. And, and even when he wasn't making the tackle, <clears throat> he was redirecting the play away from him. He was clogging up the middle, uh, just doing all the things that you hope a nose tackle could do. I, I really am a big fan of Justin Hamilton. I hope they find a way to keep him around because uh, he's played good football for them. Uh, I think in a rotational role, he could be really, really valuable. Yeah, I think they're going to find a way to keep him around. They put Jabril Cox on the injured reserve list today, so that That's opens right. up a roster spot. Uh, Brent Urban is on IR, so they have some spots available. Uh, but I would also mention Carlos Watkins. I thought Watkins played well, too. There was a couple of plays that he made in the backfield, one tackle for a loss. Uh, neither of those guys give you a ton as pass rushers. They'll occasionally win here or there. They'll push the pockets, but they're just really – reliable players. And that's what we kind of talked about this off season lane is okay. Which guys are going to step up and be not awful for you. Yeah. It seems like they have three guys. They like quite a bit and Osa Watkins and, uh, and now Justin Hamilton that are all pretty good. And we still have to see when is Neville Gallimore coming back. My guess is probably December Tristan Hill practiced last week. So his yep. 
his time is coming. You know, the Cowboys have to decide to make a move on that one soon. Um, <laughs> we'll see. The Cowboys suddenly have a little bit of depth at defensive line. Uh, all right, linebackers. I thought Parsons was really good. I don't think we need to touch on him too much. What did you think about the other two linebackers? Yeah, I mean, I think that Keanu Neal played one of his better games. Uh, just kind of, he seems more comfortable in the in the defense. Um, you know, I think Layton had a kind of an up and down game. You know, there were some things that I saw in the broadcast that when I went back and watched on tape didn't look uh, as bad for Layton. You know, there was a one, there was one time where I felt like he got it got run through, but in reality, he was taking on a tight end as he got run through. So uh, I, I just I think that the, the the linebacker play was sufficient. I think it would have been problematic uh, if if Parsons hadn't been there because Parsons really was just gobbling everything up. I mean, you know, he, I think he finished with something like 11 tackles. And, it, yeah. it, you know, just even if you closed your eyes and didn't look at the box score, you could tell that he finished with 11 tackles because he was just everywhere. And, yeah. and and I think the four tackles for loss really were the were the ones that uh, obviously that, that's the big thing that, that he did. Just the way he was – you know, specifically in the screen game, like because the Vikings are such a big screen team, uh, and and in his ability to identify that, uh, pull the trigger and and make a solid tackle, uh, often behind the line of scrimmage. And really, I think we should take a step back and just talk about the Cowboys defense in general. They were extremely disciplined uh, all mm. throughout the game. I mean, the, 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 whether it was the the screens out on the perimeter, like smoke routes or tunnel screens or that sort of thing, the Cowboys did a great job of keeping the def- in their lanes uh and 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 collapsing on on um uh, uh the on the ball carrier and making yeah. sure that no one escapes yeah and so I, I just think that they did a really good job of playing very physical uh while being able to remain disciplined and, and not you know let people slip away because they made mental errors yeah, it's a really, really good defensive game plan for the Cowboys. A really fun tape to watch, a lot of positives to take away from that game. Up next, the Broncos, who just traded away Von Miller, and then the Falcons, and then the Chiefs, who are kind of reeling right now. Things are looking pretty, pretty good for the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, we'll continue to update you guys with uh, any things we see from the film. If the Cowboys make a trade on Tuesday, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Make sure you get your questions in. We're going to answer a ton of them tomorrow. Uh, so please send them to me at Marcus underscore Mosier. You can send them to Landon at Nicole BCB. You can send them to the show at Locked On Cowboys. We want to thank you guys for being your first listen every single day. Check out Cody on Locked On Broncos as we prepare for that matchup. Busy, busy time here on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. But thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.